0: Hey listeners, you know that feeling you get when you discover something amazing and all you want to do is tell everybody that you know about it? Well, that's exactly how I feel about Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed super easy and super fun. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you get to build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, they're unique, and they're recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet Those styles show up to you in as little as two days, and then when you're ready for some new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles, and that's exactly what I did a couple of months ago when Andy and I took a trip to Hawaii, and of course, I wanted to have some fun, beachy, cute clothes. Armoire was perfect for that. I got the most amazing outfits that I got so many compliments on, and the best part, was that when we got home, all I had to do was ship those items back and they didn't have to take up space in my closet unused for a year. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit PCPS. That is armoire.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash PCPS to get up to 50% off your first month, and you'll never have to worry about what to wear again. So try Armoire today.
1: Hey, everybody, a quick message. Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month, a monthly book subscription box that helps readers discover new books
2: from up-and-coming authors. The process of choosing your book is so easy and fun. Besides the website and app being really easy to navigate, the smaller but varied monthly selection, which always includes an anticipated new release, by the way, means I'm not overwhelmed with too many choices, and it's truly easy to make a decision. And let's be real, we're all about simplicity right
0: now, aren't we? Oh, Mm -hmm. definitely. (laughs) So, you guys, I was thrilled when I saw that this month's selections included a book I have been anticipating for over a year. I chose The Paradise Problem by Christina Lauren. It is rom-com at its finest. Think Pretty Woman meets Succession.
1: I chose Spitting Gold by Carmela Locus about two shady spirit mediums in 19th century Paris. I mean, come on. You (laughs) had me at shady spirit mediums, right? This is a brand new hardcover
2: book, and I'm getting it for less than I could get it anywhere else. And great news, you can get your first book for only $5 using the code PEDALS when you order at bookofthemonth.com. That's P-E-T-A-L-S.
0: You guys, we love Book of the Month, and we know you will too.
1: Don't forget that the PCPS is here because of listeners like you. We are a people-powered program fully supported by monetary contributions from our members on Patreon. We quite literally could not do it without you. If you'd like to become a supporter, visit our website or our link in bio and click on the Patreon link. You can join for as little as the price of one Swanson Frozen TV dinner. Just one! But that TV dinner goes a long way in helping us keep the lights on and the bills paid. Every dollar helps this podcast and this community grow, reaching more listeners and creating more episodes. And in return for your support, we'll send you thank you gifts in the form of podcast outtakes, videos of our recording sessions, and invitations to members-only events. Thanks to you, we think we have something pretty special going on, and we are just getting started. Thanks for your time, your support, and all those good vibes, and please enjoy the show. Welcome to our encore presentation of I'm Not Crying, You're Crying, the PCPS's ode to the songs that get us all choked up. And what we found is that the songs from the 70s in particular were uniquely sad, overwhelmingly sad, more so than any other decade, really.
0: Amen. There were so many sad songs, so many that after the episode, when we recorded it, I started to think, oh, we should have put this one on. We should I have put it. this one on. I did, and too. Some, some of our followers uh, kind of felt the same way. Um, for instance, I was reading one of the comments that said she couldn't believe we didn't have Mr. Bojangles on oh, these nice. oh, lists yeah. because she says... The dog up and dies. Yes.
2: I mean, they basically say that. Wait, did you say the the dog up and dies or and dies? That's what he says. No, Uh, up
1: and uh, dies. up and dies. Okay. that's. It almost sounded like you
0: said the dog and dies. (laughs) That works too, though. Yeah, that certainly does work. So um, that was one from a follower. And another um, follower was very adamant and in disbelief that we did not include the song at 17 by Janice Ian. Oh
2: Ann. yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: oh my gosh, I listened to that um yesterday before we were um so to get ready for recording this. Oh my gosh. That I is know. the most depressing song yeah, it is. ever. <laughs> it is beyond. I I don't know.
1: But much but it like is a good um, I'm sorry Michelle, go ahead.
2: I was going to say but much like all of these songs on this list, it's almost to me they're. It's like a moth to a flame. Yes, they're so sad, and I can't uh-huh. stop myself from listening to them
1: over and over and over again. And that song, you guys, I will also also say, is a really good karaoke song. Oh, sad good to as know. it is, yes.
2: well, at oh. our next pop quiz, um, <laughs> that's good to know, Kristen, yeah. that you think I'm like- that. Unlike the train wreck you may have witnessed in our weekly reader last week, where
1: I sang a song that I absolutely could not sing.
0: Well, I, I'm going to interject, Kristen. So last night, I was on our YouTube channel, which by oh the way, God. listeners, we, we might be curating yeah. the YouTube channel. Just stay right tuned. Right now, there are just a couple of things on there, one being Kristen's rendition oh, of- Oh, God, um, oh. Oh, oh, God. God. oh, absolutely <laughs> it is. And there I never was, thought about that. <laughs> there was a comment, Kristen, and it was no. basically like- I'm, I'm not going to quote it right exactly, but it was like, she's pretty good or not so, bad. What? Look at that. Her. I am flabbergasted
1: because you so guys, was I. like only dogs <laughs> could hear me. was I. It was <laughs> I
2: bad.
1: For some hot stuff, baby, this evening. I need some hot stuff. Tonight. I want some- so i have um i have a unique at 17 story and that is that i can't believe i didn't remember this you guys we have an old family friend who became a screenwriter and she coincidentally is the screenwriter for the movie
2: the outsiders just d- d- can yes. we just pause Pause. Yeah, I know. Listeners. I know. <laughs> Carolyn and I would just like you all to know that Kristen dropped this little <laughs> nugget of information on, um, on us about two weeks ago. We've I been forgot. doing this podcast for two years. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
0: And we've talked about the Outsiders lots oh, of times. Yes, we have. Because it's
2: always it's always on the docket. Like, should we do Outsiders this time? We've talked about Rob Lowe and where did he get his start? Was Rob Lowe, was his this when Rob Lowe When he gets was... out of
1: the shower.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, continue.
1: <laughs> okay, so anyway, this woman, who is our old family friend, wrote, who wrote The Outsiders, um, she agrees with our commenter that, yes, at 17, inspires a unique melancholy, so much so that she wrote a movie, she wrote a screenplay called at 17, with the song as the foundation of the story. And it was the coming-of-age story of her and her best friend, who was my dad's sister. What? Just stop it, it yes. right now. I know. I know. And they had this legendary adolescence that I heard about all the time. This is my cool aunt, the one with the waterbed and the Pablo Cruz record. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so they would have these massive fights about who was better, the Beatles or the monkeys. And they would take band aids and they'd put them on their legs in the shape of the initials of their crush. And then they'd go lay out in the sun. They had all these great adolescent stories. The producer and the star of this film, Cindy Williams, AKA Shirley Feeney.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Are you telling us this
1: film got made? <laughs> I'm telling you actually that it never got made. Oh, because I want to see it sad, so badly. Sad. <laughs> story and that is a story about women in Hollywood especially if you're a writer I mean true it was tough it was tough for her to get her stuff made
2: <sighs> okay can we still, is this woman still board. alive because oh, can yes we, of course okay yeah. we need her obviously I think I'm just going to state the obvious <laughs> right that maybe Kristen hasn't <laughs> thought of in the past two years maybe we should get her on the I podcast sounds this. like she's got some good <laughs> <Right>. stories Kristen
1: <laughs> I think she would, and wouldn't it be fun if we got her on with Cindy Williams, and they could talk oh, about this movie?
2: Well, yes, because and, and I been... mean, as long as we're as long as we're, I mean, and Rob Lowe, I know, right? <laughs> Matt Dillon, Emilio Estevez, and she
1: worked very closely with Thomas Hinton. Howell. Like yeah. they created it side by side, Essie Hinton and this woman. I can say her name; it's not a secret. Her name is Kathy, Kathleen Rowell.
2: <sighs> wow.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm so impressed.
2: I'm I'm still just like shocked and stunned that this this relationship exists between you and Kathleen Raelle. You know,
1: isn't it great?
2: So we're gonna get her on. We'll get her on.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. we will for sure. She would love it. Actually,
2: awesome. Done. Um, you. Okay. Okay. So I had a song that um that uh, recently came up in our household that we were like, oh, how come that wasn't on? And the way it came up, I'm going to tell you really quickly. I just think is so fun and cute, but. My husband is now – I mean, it's not like he never – it's not like he disliked 70s music. He's always loved it. Like I've, I've said in, in many episodes before, I mean, he is my Barry Manilow singing partner, you know, my Carpenter singing partner since – forever, for decades. But I don't know that I've ever really thought that he just sits around when he's working and on his playlists, he listens to 70s music. But over the past like year, year and a half, he does. And one reason is because he listens to a lot of our Spotify playlists, you guys. So oh. listeners, if you don't know, we have a Spotify channel besides just our podcast. Um, If you go into Spotify and search Pop Culture Preservation Society, um, the podcast will come up, but also just you can search like the account or the whatever it's called, the page, I don't know. And we have a whole bunch of podcasts or song lists that we've made from um episodes that we've recorded. That go hand in hand with the episode. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Roller skating songs. We have songs inspired by friendship, like when we did the Mary and Rhoda episode. And one of the first ones we put on was this I'm Not Crying, You're Crying playlist. And so um Brian was listening to it. And um, came up with a song that's not on there, that should have been, and that is Sad Eyes by Robert John. By the way, uh, this is an cry? aside,
0: but my husband says it's really annoying when we sing because we're, we're never <laughs> together. He's I'm like, All
1: right, Okay, you know what I think it. about that song, though? I don't, I know it's called Sad Eyes and it says sad in the title. That song does not make me sad.
2: Yeah, but it's all about a breakup if you read the lyrics. So I had to go in and read mm-hmm. the lyrics. And um, it it does it just you know what it is for me and listeners you'll hear in this episode it gives us me get it gives me that funny feeling in my tummy that kind of that's what this episode oh.
1: is about is yeah. that funny feeling yeah. yeah and I that's interesting because I don't get the funny feeling with that song
2: oh all right I do I definitely yeah, I do just, because then I started listening to it a lot and I put it on then like my own playlists of seventy mm-hmm. songs and um we I just have love a different it different switch yeah also yeah, Carolyn but, real quick can I, um you please remind Andy that. We have told them this many times, that we apologize to the (laughs) listeners. The way it comes across your listening device does often sound very disjointed and maybe out of tune, but we promise when we sing it, we are pitch (laughs) perfect. And completely synchronized. Yeah.
0: And totally in sync. We're all together.
2: (laughs) We
1: harmonize. We sound (laughs) fabulous. Not on purpose. We're not harmonizing on purpose. (laughs) It's like accidental. I even knew
0: how. Well, I, I was going to share when I was doing some research for an upcoming next season episode on John Denver. I've been listening to um, a lot of John Denver music, and I can't believe I left this song off because when I heard it, that pang, that feeling, that's so distinct, just hit me in the gut, and that is. Um, leaving on a jet plane.
1: Yes. And yeah.
0: it, that line mm-hmm. where he says, um, you know, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. Can you hear your throat closing up a little bit there? Right there. there. It, yep. It's mm-hmm. closing as I say the line because mm-hmm. I've had to say goodbye. I've moved enough times. I've had to say some real meaningful and um, hard goodbyes. Mm-hmm. And that when – I hear that line and the way he sings it, I am back there. I am saying goodbye to my best friends, you know, when I'm moving from Texas to New Jersey in seventh grade, and I'm saying goodbye to my parents when I'm moving halfway across the country to Virginia. It just gets me. So that's another song that um, I would have included on the list if I had really. Well, and about I'm it sure <clears throat> I'm
2: sure we'll talk about this when we do record our John Denver episode coming up. But um I think it's his voice. There's something in his voice when he sings that does almost make my throat close up a little bit. It gives me a real melancholy feeling. And I don't know why,
0: um, because some of his songs aren't
1: sad at all. They could be happy songs, but they make us cry. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And we'll dive all into that Mm
1: -hmm. in our
0: John Denver episode next week. I'm excited for that one.
1: Okay. So this this will explain an awful lot about this episode. Um, I was recently listening to NPR, and they had a story about a new book that explains the reason that these sad songs might be so important to us. And we'll put a link to the story in this week's weekly reader. Um, the book is by Susan Kane and it's called Bittersweet, How Sorrow and Longing Make Us Whole. And the author said that the book really started with this love that she has for sad music. And she wondered, why don't we feel worse when we listen to sad songs? Because the opposite is actually true. After binging on a sad song, we might feel better and this can lead to greater contentment more so than people who just listen to happy songs all the time. So if this is you, which it clearly is us because we boo-hooed through this whole episode, you might have what she calls the bittersweet condition. And if you check out that NPR story, Which will be in the Weekly Reader. You can take a quiz to find out if you indeed have the bittersweet condition. Did you guys take the quiz?
0: No, but I'm going to now. I I took took it.
1: What did you get, Carolyn?
0: I got an eight point five. What What does that say about me?
1: So I'm very close. I got a nine, which (laughs) does we're on we're definitely on the scale. We're definitely of the bittersweet condition, Um, and. The questions were things like, do you tear up at a sad commercial? Do you feel emotional when you hear certain songs? Do you enjoy things that are poignant? Do you like poetry over sports? It was a lot of questions like that. It's just a quick little quiz. It takes you you know, one minute to take it, and then they pop out with your score. It was really interesting.
0: Yeah, I really like that question, um, do you enjoy things that are poignant? That word poignant... It really struck me. And a lot of the things we talk about, the shows that we liked um, growing up in the 70s, the Waltons and the Little Houses on the Prairies, no, not Little Houses. <laughs> All <laughs> the Little Houses on the Prairies. Yes. All the House on the Prairies. All those shows. <laughs> They were so poignant. And the the eight is enough episodes that stick in my mind, they were the poignant ones. I'm just Mm -hmm. wondering what kind of monster says no.
2: I don't enjoy (laughs) poignant. (laughs) Who says no?
1: Well, and I think they had a comparison. Like, do you like things that are poignant or X? And it could be a hair's width of a difference between sentimentality and something that is poignant. It might be different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like poignant. Right.
1: I will say one more thing. Okay. And that is that these sad songs, even when they make us boohoo, can make us feel better because they're helping us process. And I always come back to in ninth grade when I was in love with Neil Miller and he would not tell me whether he liked me or not. And I just, I spent my whole ninth grade year trying to figure out if he liked me or not. And finally I got the courage to call him and I was like, dude, do you like me or not? And he said, no. <gasps> Oh, and I went upstairs harsh. and I put my forty-five of Lionel Richie's "Truly" on my turntable, yeah. and I listened to it eleven times in a row. Of course, oh. you did.
0: Oh, that's and poignant. Then, yeah,
2: did I? Poignant. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's poignant. <laughs> Hashtag poignant. Did okay. I? In this episode coming up, do I mention? Did we have Precious and Few on that? We have Precious and Few on there, don't we? I don't think so. I don't, because no, I, I, I can remember, I, um, I still have my 45. It's cracked because I oh would listen God. to it as a child, as like a six-year-old child and cry <laughs> just listening to oh, it. Sad. And it's, 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 I don't know that it's, let's see, precious. And, few, um, and if I can't home. find my way back, I can't find my way. It just, it just wouldn't, wouldn't be fair. <laughs> it was precious and Sorry, pure. Andy. And I would play it over and over again and I would get just full of poignancy. <laughs> but but it's I saved it even though it's broken in the middle because I don't know that I played it so much that it can crack. But you guys, I played that record all the time at like six and seven years old or however old I was when right I got there, it. I you're so
1: little that you're not necessarily taking in the meaning. There's something else that is speaking. It's to this. You and it's the. Cry.
2: I don't know. Yeah. It's it, and it's like we talk about in this episode. It's the tune of the song. Right. It's the the cadence of the music. I don't know what it is, but there's something that precious and few. Oh, I love that song. That's a good I one to just wail one. to in the car too. And by wail, that I mean is. sing really loudly, not cry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, that too, that too. All right. So everyone, whether you listen to this episode back in January of 2021, it was a long time ago, you guys, um, or for some reason, you have not listened to it yet, grab a box of tissues and enjoy this encore of episode seven. We were babies. Episode seven called I'm Not Crying, You Are Crying, Sad Songs of the 70s. And then someone dies one winter And I don't even know if it's the horse or the girl Because I've never (laughs) even wanted to go on a deep dive Of the lyrics to figure out I think it's the girl, but it could be the horse I don't know And either way, it's terrible And they're calling wildfire Over and over again
0: Hello world is a song that we're singing Come on, get happy A whole lot of love Is what we'll be bringing will make you happy welcome to the pop culture preservation society the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who wore their lip gloss around their necks and their perfume pinned to their shirts we
1: believe our gen x childhoods gave us unforgettable songs stories characters and images and if we don't talk about them they'll disappear like marshall will
2: and holly on a routine expedition And today, we'll be saving the sad and depressing songs of our childhoods. Grab some tissues. We'll wait. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists.
1: To walk while I was away, and he was talking for a knew it And as he grew, he'd say, I'm gonna. Don't
2: let like it be true. You. <laughs> Are you guys crying?
0: Yes, yes,
2: good. Because today's episode is all about the songs of our childhood that made us cry and still do, which is actually a fairly large percentage <laughs> of them. Oh, no doubt. What is it about so much of the music of the 70s that instantly gives us a lump in our throats or a twisty feeling in our tummies or makes us feel like nothing matters, life is worthless, and we're all about to die? (laughs) I actually, it's true. I actually did a little research and discovered that one theory says the devastating testaments to inner sadness and rage in the music of the late 60s to mid-70s could be due to Vietnam or the rise in recreational heroin use. Or just the nosediving economy. Who knows? What we do know, though, is that if you ever need a song about teen suicide, drug use, lovers who leave or die, solitude, murder, having really low self-esteem, all you need to do is <laughs> queue up a 70s playlist. I wow. always think of these
1: songs as the songs I want to sing at karaoke, but I can't. <laughs> My throat gets all choked up and
0: I can't finish the song. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. And I was doing a little research too before this episode. And um, one of the things that I read was that our brains, when we're in um, like from four, well, 12 to 20, are developing so quickly. And music um, release, when we listen to music, it releases um, serotonin and dopamine. So while that's going through our brains as we're listening, our brains are also um, forming. Uh, at a greater speed than other times in our lives. So these songs that we're hearing are actually, yeah. they're grooved in more because of the neuroscience stuff that's happening at that point in our lives.
1: And you think about how, okay, so a lot of these songs are very They have a melancholy sound. It's not just the lyrics. There are lots of lyrics that are very sad, but some of them just have a very melancholy sound. And that sort of lines up with where we are in adolescence, in -hmm. middle school and high school when we don't know who we are or or do we fit in? That's a song from fame. Um, (laughs) do we fit in? Um, and I don't know if there's an equivalent today. Is there, are there melancholy songs that our teenagers
2: can like curl up? in their blankets and cry over? I don't know. I feel like they're different. I feel like today they're more angsty than, yeah, that's than melancholy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like for me, it's, it's not just, it's, it's almost like this perfect storm of these songs are this perfect storm of melt, like sad and, or depressing lyrics, melancholy melodies, but also it's a nostalgia factor. They were sad when I was younger, but a lot of them are different now that I'm older because they're nostalgic in a way. And sometimes I don't even know why. I don't know why that song makes me cry. Is it, um, is it just a time in history that, you know, that I'm remembering um, or what it is? But I feel like there's a huge nostalgia fac- factor that plays a part in the, emotional, in, the, in the emotional connection we have to so many of these songs.
1: Nostalgia alone I would say the number one descriptor of how nostalgia makes you feel is bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what these songs can be triggering in you. Even if it's a not, if it's not a sad song, it's a bittersweet feeling that makes you feel a little bit happy and a little bit sad.
2: Yeah, there's we, and we all have them. So we all have, I think one thing that um, we know is that when we ask anybody um, you know, what's a song that makes you cry or what's something sad. We all have songs that instantly come to mind. Um, but before we deep dive into a list for all of you who are listening to add to your I'm not crying, you're crying playlist, we thought each of us would share the top two songs from our childhoods that have always made us cry, either inexplicably or with really good reason. You guys ready? Yeah. Who's going first? Okay. I don't know. One of you. You are Okay, okay. I will go first.
1: So my first selection was written in Minnesota in late winter, early spring, on a dreary, gray, and slushy day. And the songwriter says, you want to get outside again, and you're waiting for that sun to shine, and you remember how just the sun itself can make you feel good. And in that very melancholy frame of mind, I wrote, sunshine on my shoulders written in Minnesota yes yes we know exactly what he's talking about right that feeling of sun on your face and so I have a personal connection to this as well of course the song itself just the sound of it alone is very melancholy but I have a personal connection to it because the song was the number one hit in 1974 and um I was a flower girl in my aunt's wedding and at the reception this was the song they used for the first time. <gasps> yes! Oh, yeah. They're on the edge, like everybody else, watching the bride and groom swaying back and forth to sunshine on my shoulders. And I suddenly start to cry. Oh. I'm just crying. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying. I didn't understand. I was so confused as to why I was crying. And my aunt came over to me and she she bends down. She crouches down in her white wedding dress. And she explains to me that sometimes we
2: cry even when we're happy. And it's also the memory, though, Tide, it's the song, for Mm -hmm. sure, but it's being at that wedding. Yeah. I don't know if you were the same way I was, but when I I never got, I, I think the first wedding I went to, I was like a teenager. Like, that was my dream in life was to be a flower girl or just to go to a wedding. Yeah. And so I'm imagining you there filled with emotion, not just because of the beautiful song, but because you're this little, what, you said 74? I was I was five, Yeah. And you're also just filled with maybe the first realization of how like this beautiful love and this wedding and it's all meshing together with this song and it just comes out of your eyes. That's exactly (laughs) what it all came out of my eyes. It was, yeah, it
1: was a lot for a five-year-old to take and it was a complete surrounding of, of people who loved you, right? My dad um, did the music and uh, my brother was the ring bearer next to me. And my grandma was the mother of the bride, right? It
2: was, it was a lot of emotion to take in for a little five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And to this day, when you hear that song, you probably feel that in some, in some oh, capacity again. Absolutely. Oh, man.
1: And then also in the 2000 biopic of the John Denver story starring Chad Lowe. Remember Chad Lowe? They use sunshine on my shoulders. I'm doing this with my hand like an airplane flying. They use sunshine on my shoulders when Chad Lowe slash John Denver takes out his new glider for a test flight. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. You guys, he died. This is the glider in which he died. He crashes on that flight taking his new glider.
2: Ah, good. Why did I I think he died
1: in a
0: helicopter crash?
1: I
2: thought he died skiing. No, that's Sonny Bono. (laughs) Oh, right, right,
1: right. (laughs) Which is why I can't ski, because I'm afraid I'm going to ski into a tree like Sonny Bono. I'm afraid I'm going to like Natasha Richardson. Mm -hmm. I adored. Yeah. That one hit hard. I'm done with skiing. Okay, so um, here's just another little tidbit about Sunshine on My Shoulders. We live by a lake, and when Liam was two, I was walking to the lake with him in the stroller. Our son. Yes, Liam is my son. Thank you, <laughs> um, my translator. And as we're walking down the hill toward the lake, the sun is shining, and it's and the sun is dancing on the water, and it's sparkling, and it's so beautiful. And Liam says, "Sunshine on the water looks so lovely."
2: No, he not. and did I said,
1: not. "Oh yeah, buddy, it really does, doesn't it?" And he says, "Sunshine in my eyes can oh. make me cry." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> up. Oh,
2: wait. Are you quoting John Denver? He was. sweet. He's channeling John Denver. Are you sure that the spirit of John Denver Denver doesn't live in your (laughs) son? He might. Yeah, he might. Well, he's a musician. He has the same
1: glasses. Like right now at this moment in time, he has little John Denver glasses. And he's a musician. Yeah, and he's a musician. Yeah. Oh, you guys are kind of scaring me now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wait till he gets bangs. Oh, God. (laughs) Except he has a big blonde afro. So I don't think that would not work. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Okay. That's oh, yes.
2: excellent. Turn, I love that turn, one. Okay. Carolyn, Carolyn, what is your top, one of your top two
0: songs? Top songs is Lonely Boy by Andrew Gold. <laughs> hmm Oh, um, And I will tell you that this song, which is different from the one I'll share later, is um, I was sad and it put a lump in my throat because of the narrative of the song. So, much like a story or a book, I pictured this in my mind as the verses and the lyrics went on. And it is a super sad song about this boy who, you know, he was born in the summer of 1951, our first line of the song. Um, and we are told how he's an only child. And uh, then he talks about in the summer of 53, his mother brought him a sister. And he ran down the hall and he cried because how could his parents have lied They told him, or they said he was an only son. He thought he was the only one. I have a vision of that poor boy running down a hallway, was much like my hallway in my little ranch in Houston, Texas house. But um, with jammies
1: on, with jammies, yeah.
0: My my heart ached, and then he says later on in the song how he left home on a winter day, nineteen sixty nine, and he hoped to find all the love he had lost in that earlier time. I'm laughing, but I'm laugh crying. It just oh. when you're in, you're young, and you hear that, and you just imagine like this boy, and his parents don't love him anymore, and the sister came along, and she took it all, and um, this is
1: anyway. where therapy comes from because um, this is hello. where uh, where parents can be like, "What are you talking about? You had the best childhood in the world," and the therapist is trying to dig and dig and dig and dig, and he's like, "Well." they brought home my baby sister and then i thought they didn't love me anymore and his parents are like how could you think that we never said that and he's like well, you didn't have to say it i just thought it exactly, exactly. i was just his parents
2: his parents were probably like um so supportive of him becoming you know like a songwriter and then he
0: starts writing <laughs> shit like that and they're like oh wait a minute <laughs> well it's so interesting because he says none of this is autobiographical it just you know came oh. to him yeah, well, right. So, guess wow. what? He was born in August 1951, first line of our song. I mm-hmm. was born mm-hmm. on in a summer, the summer Day, of 1951. 1951. Right. And then guess what? His sister was born in real life in July 1953. In the summer oh. of 1953, mm-hmm. his mother brought him a sister. Let's okay. mm-hmm. just, you know, it's almost. Yeah, I call bullshit. Yeah, as do as I. <laughs> so, although he st- stuck to his guns until 2011 because he's. St- tragically died, and he was only fifty nine. I had to squeeze that in. He died. Yes, isn't that sad?, oh, that is sad. but I'll tell you a couple of fun Andrew Gold facts is that um if we don't already know, he also wrote um, At the time, it wasn't a theme song to a sitcom, but Thank You for Being a Friend is one of his things he's known for. Although when he recorded it, it wasn't much of a hit. It didn't really make a splash of any kind, but obviously saw this resurgence, even though it was some studio voice or whatever, like vocalist uh, sang it for the theme song for Golden Girls. He didn't sing it, but it brought that song back and it was played Mm -hmm. on the radio and it kind of got a new popularity. I'm happy for Andrew Gold about that. Yes, and you know what else he wrote, which I thought was really interesting, and sang the title song to Mad About You. I just remember watching that. Yes. I can't remember that
2: song. It goes, um, oh my gosh, you guys have been watching it. It's on Hulu, and they redid it. Um, Yeah. Side note, but, like, that was one of my favorite shows. My, my I husband's too. favorite shows when we were first, like, mm-hmm. together and married. So funny. And then they redid it last year. Not as funny, but still yeah. kind of fun to go back and revisit it. Plus, Helen Hunt's had a little work done, and it's kind of obvious, so oh. it's really distracting. Um, but yeah, oh, so I'll, I'll put, put it tell in. Tell me you. why I love you like I do. Tell you me know. who can stop my heart as much as you. Take each other's hands as we jump into the final frontier. I'm mad about you, baby. That's such a great fact. Fun fact, Carolyn. I love that. I did not know that.
0: One more fun fact about the song, Lonely Boy, because um, I thought this was super interesting. Um, It was played, so Rolling Stone magazine said that one of the most, 30 most poignant scenes of a rock and roll song being used in a movie is when Lonely Boy is played during a scene in Boogie Nights. Now I had never seen Boogie Nights until I read that. And I watched Boogie Nights another last night, which another aside is that it is a great 70s soundtrack. If you want to yeah. hear a lot of 70 songs in the background and watch Boogie Nights, but there's a scene, um, in Boogie Nights where that plays in the background. Yeah. Um, and it's a scene with, um, Marky Mark. Moore, and it's when you realize that. Well, I don't want to give it away. Anyway, it's a little snippet, but it uses that song in such a way that it tells so much of a story in this little minute of um, if that, of the movie. So poignant that Rolling Stone named wow. it one of the 30 most effective. I years. was
2: just about to say, but let's be but you know, full yeah. disclosure, Carolyn, did you pause <laughs> during boogie nights when which part? Marking mark reveals. His Marky Mark. His Marky Mark. (laughs) And there's so so many good people in that movie, too. It's a a fun fun movie. movie. I
0: was reading the cast, and I thought, Mm -hmm.
2: wow. Okay, so top of my list, easy, easy, easy number one song for me, top of my list, is Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. And I know that it's at the top of a lot of people's lists. But listen, when your name is Michelle, (laughs) it gets a hell of a lot differently (laughs) Especially you guys, when you're just a little girl and you think the man singing it is calling you his little one, and he's telling you it's hard to die. Oh God! And you guys, I was the little Michelle who gave love and helped him find the sun. Oh God, Michelle! (laughs) And I couldn't, I couldn't bear. You guys are both. (laughs) You guys never
1: considered that. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. It never occurred to me. You're Michelle.
2: Wow. 1974. So I was five years old when that song was played all the time on the radio. And you guys, goodbye, Michelle. It's hard to die. No, goodbye, Michelle. My little one is the first thing he says. You gave me love and helped me find the sun. And every time that I was down, you would always come around and get my feet back on the ground. Goodbye, Michelle. It's hard to die. And you guys, to me, it was like someone was saying goodbye to me. And it was Mm -hmm. like, I always felt like it was like my mom I would imagine in my head that it was my mom because I was that little Michelle that was like the sunshine and the like, brightening up the day. And you know, and and it just, it just hit differently. And I even imagine, like, even if it was Terry Jack singing it to me, who I didn't really know, I honestly didn't know. It still, it gave me such a yucky feeling inside, and it does to this day. It's to it this was, day. It was a scary song for
1: me. Um, cause I didn't understand and I, I have a distinct memory of when I learned what that song was about and my mom was in the bathtub and I just like set up camp in the bathroom with her, like, Linda, please just tell me what, what does this mean? And that's mm-hmm. where I learned about suicide, which of course, and I, I'm sure she was trying to be, um, gentle with me, but my memory of her is that she was just like, Bloop. Which I guess is a very seventies way for a parent to explain really difficult
2: things. Just bleep. well, they actually uh Terry so it's it started as a Belgian song and it was translated into English in nineteen sixty-three by the poet um and singer Rod McEwen. And if you listen to his recording, it sounds very similar, but he's tra- he's the one who translated it. So he'll say like adieu, and he doesn't say Michelle. It's like adieu Francois. It's you know, something. Mm-hmm. And then Terry Jacks came along and his rendition was actually inspired by a friend who had leukemia and who died four months later. He says, "So I don't know where the suicide is that came an at, urban myth." Am I? Is that? I don't know. That's, you thought? that's I don't know. So then it goes. So then what Terry Jacks did is he took each stanza, and so the first one is saying goodbye mm-hmm. um, to the people in his life. So the first one is his childhood friend. The second stanza is his father, and then the third one is little Michelle. Oh, and they don't know Michelle. if Michelle was a daughter or a niece or just a little girl in Texas who would cry every time she would hear yes. it. Um, yeah. Okay. But then another fun fact is you guys in middle school, we had to sing it in choir. Oh God, I that's stood on terrible. The risers, I stood on the risers and I mouthed the whole thing.
1: My second song is a good example of a song that brings me back to just a moment in time. So there's a big nostalgia factor. Um, it's not happy or sad this moment in time. It's just a slice. It's just a little slice of my life. Um, it was a number one song in January of 1975, and it was originally called Brandy. But they changed the name because they were afraid it would get confused with the number one song, Brandy. You're a fine girl. Fine what girl. a good oh, wife you would be. You would be. Yeah. They changed the name to Mandy. <gasps> oh, goosebumps. And that resulted, of course, in a lot of babies being named Mandy in 1975 and 1976. So um, the memory that I have attached to Mandy is my mom practicing the piano after bedtime. So she would put me to bed, and that's when she would practice her piano. So Mandy was one of the songs that she would play, and I have it in my brain. I have the piano version of Mandy in my brain, including the mistakes she would make. And she would play, play, play. She would make a mistake, and she'd stop and go, and then she keep going. <laughs> and that's part of the song. Like, I can hear when Barry Manilow is singing. I can hear when my mom would stop and go, <laughs> <laughs> So when she's playing Mandy on the piano, she's not singing. There are no lyrics. So I'm responding just to this melody. And it mm-hmm. might be that melancholy thing again. Um, And I think... What is happening in this moment, because obviously this is a very neutral moment. It's not happy. It's not sad. But I think the reason I respond to it with sadness is because we're we're reacting to an opportunity to recall something that no longer exists.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: And so that's kind of what nostalgia is. Any moment that happens is immediately in the past. You never get to go
2: back. Oh God, that's so sad. And I'm crying again. I know. <laughs> And it was a
1: really lovely way to fall asleep when you're a little girl. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that lovely? And I remember my sister-in-law when she had a new baby, her first baby. And, you know, there's a, as beautiful a thing as it is when you have a baby, there's also a lot of loss. There's a loss of the things that you used to do and be. And so she had this conundrum, when do I practice my piano? She, you're exhausted. you you can't, you, the kid won't leave you alone. And I said to her, put her to sleep and then practice your piano after bedtime. And she was like, no, I'll wake her up. I said, yes, you will. And she'll have this lovely memory of all the songs her mom used to play after
2: bedtime. Kristen, does your mom know this story? No, I don't think so. She, Kristen, was, you have to tell her that's, that's so touching oh. and that will make her so happy. And the Especially thing that if it, you've thrown her under the bus. Uh, <laughs> <it's not> <laughs> <before>. <laughs> for, the,
1: for the knockoff Chrissy doll. Um, I think one of the ironies here is that probably one of the reasons she practiced after bedtime is because she didn't want to practice in front of people. She didn't want people to hear yeah. her. Little did she know that I was all snug in my bed listening to every mistake she made during Mandy. <laughs> it was like your lullaby. It was. They were total lullabies. Absolutely.
0: Oh. So Kristen, I'm going to have to ride your coattails on that experience of choosing this song because of the feelings that I get when I hear it. So uh, my song is Sometimes When We Touch by Dan Hill. It was hit, hit number three was the highest it ever went on Billboard. And that was in March of 1977. So the spring of my seventh grade year, which was also when I, started to go to some boy girl parties and that song had to have been playing when um, we were waiting to see who we were going to spend seven minutes in the closet with. <laughs> and while that I is- wanted nothing more than to be, in well, first of all, Michelle, do you know what seven minutes in the closet is?
2: Why are you asking me if I know what seven minutes in the closet the is? of course Kristen
0: did. Because she I'm was right. boring around in the closet. Your <laughs> face looked a little bit like, what is she talking about? And- no. Yeah. Okay. Okay, i I never spent seven minutes in the
2: closet no. with anyone well, in middle school, spent- but yeah, I know what it is. I <laughs>
0: spent 14 minutes in the closet.
1: <laughs>
2: I thought it was two minutes in the closet. Yeah, damn, seven Girl, is a long, in long time. time. Seven minutes. <laughs> seven minutes. Check that. Also, I thought it was called Seven Minutes in Heaven. Oh, okay. Two minutes oh. in the closet. Seven minutes in heaven. Well, seven minutes in, in he- heaven. But you went to the closet
1: yes, for that Yeah. Okay.
0: Anyway, it was waiting to find out who you're going to the closet with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And while I so much wanted to be at these parties, like to be have been left out of the invite list would have been horrible. The thought of going in the closet was like the last thing I wanted to do. So there's this sense of just foreboding in me when I hear that song, like this thing is going to happen that I don't really want to happen. And then as I was actually doing the homework for this, I realized that the spring of my seventh grade year was also when I found out we were going to be moving from Houston to New Jersey. And when you find out you're moving from Texas to New Jersey between seventh and eighth grade, I mean, oh. So that whole spring, everything had this um, tint of you're moving this summer. Like this is your last everything with these friends. Um, You're going to this godforsaken. No, I I love New Jersey, and it was really sad when I had to move out of it, (laughs) just for all our New Jersey (laughs) listeners. But when you're in seventh grade and you find that out. So that song, I'm sure it was on the radio when we were in the car, and just that whole spring – It's just this awful sense of foreboding that I get, like something's right around the corner. Like I know what it is. It hasn't happened yet, but it's waiting for me and it's not good. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, so it was the closet with Scott Schaefer. Gosh, and he was like two feet shorter than I was. Oh my God. Oh my God. I hope he's not listening. um, (laughs) We're sure you're a very tall
2: man, Scott Schaefer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and, um, and moving, that was just really hard. So that song just, that's why that brings up that feeling to me. That is a
1: very, that's a, that's a middle school sandwich right there. Um, Gosh. when you talk about the things in middle school that make a person unsteady on their feet and worried. Because everything is unknown. What's going to happen in the closet? That is unknown. What's going to happen when you leave what is familiar? That is unknown. What's going to happen in this place that you have to go at this time when you don't know who you are or what you're supposed to be doing or how to do it?
2: Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's tough stuff, Carolyn. So that's a very triggering song for you, Carolyn.
0: Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. triggering. And just Mm -hmm. talk about a lump in your throat and just this, it just, it overcomes me. I mean, I feel Mm -hmm. it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So on that
2: note. Okay. I will move on to number three. So mine is not, um, I have, I don't have one that's, um, that is like you guys's. Mine is actually just a really sad song. And, um, so my number two pick is, um, Wildfire by Michael Martin Murphy. And it's a song that to this day, if that song comes on a Spotify playlist or the radio, you guys, I will shut that shit down so fast. I like cannot get my fingers to something like that piano at the beginning that comes in. And if I'm in like a store and I hear it, I'll just run. I'll just <laughs> run away. Run away. I that song, I don't know what it is. Is it It's The Girl and the Horse and the Blizzard. And it's the running and the calling over and over again. The calling, oh, God, the calling. calling, and then someone dies one winter, and I don't even know if it's the horse or the girl because I've never <laughs> even wanted to go on a deep dive of the lyrics to figure out. I think it's the girl, but it could be the horse. I don't know. And it, it, either way, it's terrible. And they're calling wildfire <laughs> over and over again. And you guys just listen. So. A couple of days ago, I actually listened to the opening piano that sometimes on the radio, they'll cut that off and they, that's the part that is just listen to the opening piano m- melody of, or what do you call like the opening of a song? The opener? I'm going to call it the opening. <laughs> okay. The song Thank opening. You. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's just, it just fills me with just sadness and, I remember it's uh, a song was in 1975 and I remember it being played on the radio a lot. And I just remember feeling like this horse is going to die and it's sad and there's, you know, someone's freezing to death and I don't know who it is. And it's, it's the story, but it's also, I think just the melancholy, you know, the, the, the melody of it. So I watched an interview yesterday with Michael Martin Murphy and it was only from like last year. And he says that the entirety of that song came to him in a dream. And to this day, he still doesn't totally understand what the song is about. So I have to wonder what kind of dream that was. Like what preceded that dream, Michael Martin Murphy, right? Mm -hmm. So he thinks it was a legend. Like he used to, his Mm -hmm. grandfather was a big storyteller. And there was this Indian, this Native American legend of, um, of, a ghost horse and the horses represented freedom because they could just run and run. And so he, he knows of this legend that he had heard as a boy and then he had this dream. And so he thinks he kind of tied it all together and um, woke up and wrote the song.
0: But you were saying, and I was thinking about this with some other songs um, that'll come up on our other list, but there are just some chords in music and some, you know, progressions of different notes, I guess that just lend themselves to, they don't even have to have words. They just are sad. You just feel that. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, right. and that's, I think, one of those. There are just some ways that he weaves those notes together that you don't even have to have words. You just know this is heartbreaking.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think wildfire is definitely one, well, as, as, as Seasons in the Sun and some of the other ones we've either already mentioned or we're about to mention, there's definitely a handful that, mm-hmm elicit that just instant emotional response Mm -hmm. i asked
1: permission to have
2: a bonus song yes
1: i'm so excited for this i'm cheating no we don't know this story the song is sarah smile by Holland Oates, which is a beautiful song and i've always loved the song but now when i hear the song i get all choked up and i cry and i can't sing along and i want so badly to sing along but i can't do it because i'm like oh
0: sarah smile
1: um Okay, so the story behind Sarah's Smile is that Sarah is an actual person. Sarah is the woman that Daryl Hall was in love with, and she had no time for him. She was not interested. So he writes her this song, Sarah Smile. And when she hears the song, she's like, I'm in. This is it. <clears throat> Apparently, we're soulmates, and that begins this beautiful relationship that is decades long. Decades long. They never get married, but they are together for decades. <gasps> And her sister, Sarah Smile's sister, becomes their songwriting partner. And so Daryl Hall, John Oates, Sarah Smile, and Sarah Smile's sister become this little quartet of people. It's like this happy little commune. And this is when they just take off in the 80s, right? And they're topping the charts every single day. Then Sarah Smile's sister gets cancer. Oh, no. And she dies. (sighs) Oh. And they're so destroyed. They're so destroyed by her death that their relationship doesn't survive. This decades-long relationship doesn't survive. So they interview Sarah Smile in the special, and she's crying. She's still clearly very much in love with him. And she said, the difficulty with Sarah Smile is that it's everywhere. And I hear it. She said, I'll be in the grocery store. Sarah Smile will come on overhead. She she said, I'll have a whole grocery cart full of groceries, and I'll have to leave it in the aisle and go. Oh,
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: And this Mm -hmm. is Sarah Smile at like 55 years old or something like that. That's way more of a good reason to leave a store than me hearing wildfire.
1: (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Yes. When you hear the grocery store song and you're like, I
0: can't. Speaking of grocery stores, and a song that I know will come up in lists, and I was thinking about using it, was um, Same Old Lang Syne by uh, Dan Fogelberg, because he meets his old lover in the grocery store. And I found this YouTube clip of this man on the street who was standing out front of the actual grocery, or the little market in Peoria, Illinois, where this truly happened. Um, Dan was home in Peoria, and it was Christmas Eve. And no stores were open and his family needed uh, whipped cream for something. And the girl he dated in high school and kind of in college also had to go pick up something at the grocery store. And this was the only place open because it was Christmas Eve. And he did run into his old lover there. And they're like, well, let's have a beer. But there weren't any bars open and everything because it was Christmas Eve. So they did sit in the car and they had that kind of a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Well, he kept her name, like he just said it was no, it wasn't really a true story, but she knew all along it was about her because she knew that it happened at Um. that little grocery store in Peoria. And so this man in the YouTube thing is standing outside with a microphone and like, this is the grocery store it happened in. And so after Dan Folgeberg sadly died from cancer, much too young, um, she came forward and said, I was the woman in the story and she was no longer married to the He wasn't an architect. He was actually a PE teacher in Peoria, but they were since divorced. So she felt okay saying that that, you know, happened and that that was song was about.
1: So he was protecting her by saying it wasn't biographical because she was married to the architect slash PE teacher.
2: Uh, You guys, this is like so heavy. And I think we can all agree that although the beauty of music is that it's hugely connective. And a collective experience, I mean, look how emotional we've all gotten, Mm -hmm. right, (laughs) already. Um, It's also a highly personal thing. And while a lot of these songs make us cry for obvious reasons, there's also some that make us feel empty and hollow inside for reasons we can't explain, like we've been talking about. Um, And sometimes there's songs that are actually happy songs that make other people sad and you, never, you don't even know why. Maybe it's a melody or maybe just a melancholy riff in the middle. Maybe you were listening to it when something terrible happened that you've buried deep down in your subconscious. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Like when Neil Miller told me that he didn't like me and
1: I went home and I listened to Truly by Not Lionel Richie 11 times in a row.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! well you remember that one i'm always worried that some of these <laughs> songs make me sad for something that's going to like come out in therapy one day oh I'm god like, oh shit <laughs> you know, I, that must have been playing when this happened to me um okay so we're gonna have fun with this and we're gonna play a little lightning round game where we each are, can just say the name of a song that always brings us to tears or makes us feel sad for some reason maybe obvious or maybe we can't explain it and you only get like ten seconds to explain yourself if you feel like you need to. Okay. Okay. Okay, you guys ready?
0: Okay, here I go. Don't give up on us.
2: <gasps> yes. You light up my life. Theme from Ice Castles through the eyes of love. Oh God. Oh God.
1: <laughs> okay, I have to tell you that I watched Ice You're Castles. Breaking the rules already. sorry oh god okay can i okay never mind no go ahead okay go ahead i watched ice castles for the first time in 40 years um recently and the movie starts and you just hear the ding ding and i cried like it was like two piano i
2: can name that tune in two notes two notes i started crying i actually have that on about five different spotify playlists (laughs) just because that's a good cry for me that's not one like you know seasons in the sun for some reason because i love
0: that movie so much okay we've already broken all our rules you guys sorry carolyn Okay, um, Have You Never Been Mellow, which, by the way, I'm going to add to it. Oh, that's Olivia Newton-John. Oh, yeah. Have yeah, You like- Never <gasps> Been oh. And oh. I went to hear it, and um, on YouTube I called it up, and she was singing it on Midnight Special. Do you remember that show? Yes. No. Midnight Special, shine your ever-loving light on me. It was on, like, Friday <laughs> night at midnight, and it, w- it was, like, a solid goldish kind of show, but it was called Midnight Special.
2: Is that okay. the one with Wolfman Jack? Yes, I think so. my God, Wolfman Jack, you just totally brought back a memory that's been buried deep. See, now I'm worried
1: something happened with Wolfman Jack. Okay, Kristen, your turn. Okay, and also Have You Never Been Mellow was also one of my mom's piano songs that she practiced. So that is one that brings a little tear to my eye. Okay, Okay. my next one Mm -hmm. is Tie a Yellow Ribbon. Mm -hmm. And this is the part where I can't even speak. Now the whole damn bus is cheering. And I can't, can't believe I see a hundred yellow.
2: Print. Here's mine. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> that's
1: what Carolyn just said.
0: <laughs> Did oh, you just say it? Yes, was my very first one. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Remember, we're Gen X women. We, just, yes. we have issues. You okay. know what, you
2: guys? I am officially in menopause. So I'm going to just <laughs> cross that one out and move on to my next one. Um, which is I Just Fall in Love Again, Anne Murray.
0: Oh, that's that a good, good one. one. I like that. How about We May Never Pass This Way Again? Oh, oh, seals good. and Crofts. Oh, anything Seals and Crofts. I can yeah, like, hear
2: sure. it in my head, but I can't sing it. Um,
1: Superstar by The Carpenters. Don't you remember you told me you loved
2: me, baby? Uh, okay, um... <laughs> I have to have a little tiny story on this one. After the Lovin' by Engelbert Humperdinck, And this is going to sound real disturbing, but the reason it's on my list of songs that are melancholy is because my dad and I used to sing it together. And I know that's terribly inappropriate song for you and your dad to sing together. But listen, let me just tell you why. I only got to see my dad a couple times a year, and I lost him when I was 10. And he liked to um, think of himself as um, as um a really good singer, And so when we would be driving, he would pick us up from like my mom's house or our aunt's house and we would drive back to his little um, town in Texas and he would sing this song. And I would stand, I would be in the back seat, but you know, this is in the early seventies, so no seatbelts. And I would be standing up, you know, with my arms over the bench seat and he would sing and I was the background singer. So it was like, I would do the after the love, (laughs) you know, he'd be like, and I brushed back the hair from your, after, you know, and I was doing all the background singing. So that's just like a really, like when I, you never hear that song. Like I will, I will have to like call it up on Spotify and I just get such like a, a sad, um, that's definitely like a nostalgic feeling. I'm so, sure. yeah, that's adorable.
0: That is adorable. Yes, and that name, Engelbert Humperdinck. I <laughs> mean, come on, Whew, that's a crazy. All right, Um, "Night Fever" by the Bee Gees. <gasps> Why? That goes, well, that goes along with that. Similar to my um, the story I shared that that was number one. Those songs for forever. When I found out I was moving. And so oh. that's just such the soundtrack of the spring of my seventh grade year, and it will that really that whole soundtrack will always be tainted. Is that, is that what I want to say? Yeah, with just yeah. like uh-huh. um this gray with melancholy. Yes, mm-hmm. that's why. So that was my song.
1: Okay, my next one is "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road." And actually, I have a reverse moving story because that was popular when I moved to Minnesota. And we landed in this place that was really awesome. And so all the songs that were swirling around at that time was like, look at the tall trees and all these friends and neighbors were welcoming us here. And it's a really happy thing.
2: Okay. My next one is Somewhere Down the Road, Barry Manilow. Somewhere down the road. Oh, but anyway, somewhere down the road, though, i all Barry Manilow, like, right, get you. But for some reason, it's the tune of when he goes like, I know that heart of yours will come to see that you mm-hmm. belong. Oh, Barry. I'm going to listen to it right after this.
1: Um, I went to a Barry Manilow concert, and I cried the whole time. Okay, my next
2: one, Edelweiss. Really? Oh, oh my God. Barry. That is, oh, because oh. you know what? I can just right now, I can hear the guitar strumming
1: with georg oh on the stage and their nazis are gonna take him and he knows this is the last time he's Mm -hmm. gonna be in austria because he has to take the children over the alps by foot yeah yeah yes it's the last they all sing edelweiss together and then when his voice cracks he goes "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) and then julie andrews comes and helps him because she knows he can't sing i am georg oh
0: <laughs> good one. That was a good one. Yeah, I'll give
2: you I that. Uh, my my next one doesn't have any. Um, I can't even explain it, so we're going to just move on. But for me, the opening riff of Dancing Queen oh. makes me get covered in goosebumps, and I get tears in my eyes I, every time I hear it. I just
1: it. got goosebumps right now, mm-hmm. just from her little rendition. Yes, wow!
0: <laughs> wow, I I'm more powerful than I thought. <laughs> okay, um, this is like a. Uh, a deep sadness and fear. Uh, hotel California. Oh mm-hmm. fear! What? fear. Ooh. Can you you check? You go into a hotel and you can't ever leave. Yeah, that is scary. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I scary. mean, yeah, right there.
1: Yeah. Okay, I it. have. Um, I think I have the number one sad song. I can't believe that nobody mentioned it. Nobody has mentioned it on Instagram. This oh, this is the number one sad song that makes everybody cry. Landslide. Oh, yes, um, it it Mac.
2: Totally that is, cry. That, yeah.
1: I have some personal stories about landslide that I won't share with you, but when I did see Fleetwood Mac in concert recently, the lights dimmed down and Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham came to the front and sat down on chairs and I started to cry.
2: They hadn't even started the song. <laughs> when they sat down in the chairs, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do landslide. My next one is I Need to Be in Love, The Carpenters. And that's just, that just oh. goes right to this. I, she said, I'm not going to sing it, but she says, I know I need to be in love. I know I've wasted too much time. I know I ask perfection of a quite imperfect world. I'm fool enough to think that's what I'll find. Karen.
0: Poor girl, right? Oh, like, come on, look hard. at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself oh. you're good enough. And then, Yeah, the layers upon layers, <sighs> is, you know. The rest of the story. That's one of my favorite
2: carpenters. And I think it's, it's, I mean, the the lyrics are so, so heartbreaking, but I love the tune of that song. Yeah. I love to sing. Oh man, I sing to that song too. (laughs) Do I sing to that song? (laughs) Isn't it fun to just sing to the carpenters in the car by yourself? I love to. By
0: myself. Yeah. Because otherwise my family is mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe nobody said this online I don't think they did or here and this was the first song I think I knew every single word to and it is Billy Don't Be a Hero <gasps> Billy Don't Be a
1: Hero, hero. Na, 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 na. I can't even remember what the words are okay am awesome. I cut off now
2: uh, We can. you can do one more and I'll do one okay. more I have, I'm going to do one more. more
1: and you guys are going to be like what Hot Lunch Jam from the Fame soundtrack why is it's that a- <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a lot of dance fantasies yeah <laughs> This is, the, this is the song where they're in the cafeteria and, they, and everyone's dancing on tables and stuff. And I was just like, is that what high school is going to be like? Are we going to dance on tables? I want that so badly. And even now I can like I hear hot lunch jam and I want to get on the table and start like dancing in my leotard and my leg warmers. And it's such joy that I want to cry.
2: Aw, yeah, sweet. My last one is Goodbye Girl. Um, by David Gates. Oh, owie. Like the thing, you know, like to the movie. Yeah. Such a great movie too. It is such a good movie.
0: We need to revisit some of those. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So we asked our friends on Instagram to play the same game that we just did and damn did they deliver and they gave us some great ones so here is a list of the songs when people when we asked them what their favorite sad songs were here's the list that they gave us everybody ready okay superstar don't you remember you told me love it baby okay puff the magic dragon i could have time in a bottle the rose alone again naturally oh god the way we were let it be your song Yesterday, this one's for you wherever you are. Because you, you light up my life. Oh, somebody. Yeah, lots of wildfire, seasons in the sun, the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Run, Joey, run, Joey, run. If by bread. There was a lot of bread, actually. Um, that was another song that my mom practiced on the piano. Um, why are there so many songs about rainbows? bridge over troubled water. Oh, this one. I don't even know if I can do it. Run to me whenever you, oh God, I can't. By the Bee Gees. Run to me by the Bee Gees. That um, telephone line by ELO. Send in the clowns. Daniel, my brother, you are older than me, which I always thought was so funny. Like It's such a declarative sentence. You are older than me. (laughs) Um, Is it okay if I call you mine? That's from the Fame soundtrack. That's from Carolyn. Carolyn, I see you and I raise you a hot lunch jam. (laughs) <laughs> um, How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Sunshine on my shoulders. One Day in Your Life by my- Michael Jackson. And Michelle says it's okay because it's young Michael Jackson. We will someday have a discussion about, my- about Michael Jackson because we are all on different pages about that. Um, Same Old Lang Syne, which Carolyn referenced. Imagine by John Lennon, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. Puppy Love by Donny Rock Rockin' Mountain High by John Denver. Everything I own by Bread Ouch, Honey, Bobby Goldsboro, Amblin, Sean Cassidy, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. If you lived in Minnesota in 1975, that song scared the shit out of you. (laughs) Um, Leader of the Band by Dan Fogelberg, which you know is about his dad, so let's just start crying right now. I made it through the rain by Barry Manilow, Operator by Jim Croce, and What a Wonderful
2: World by Louis Armstrong. Oh.
0: So sweet. And
2: scene. I love that. That was fantastic. We're not cutting any of that.
0: No, that was so good. We are going to curate all of those um, onto a playlist that you'll be able to find on Spotify and we'll put that in the show notes. So check that out. That's
2: going to be awesome. Okay, you guys, before we leave, we cannot forget perhaps the most disturbing and horrifying, horrifyingly tragic song that perhaps trumps them all. It's the saga of Joey and poor Julie. It's when Julie calls Joey up and pleads him to run because her abusive daddy is angry at him and he's got a gun. (laughs) And of course, Joey does run straight to Julie. And just as daddy pulls his gun out to shoot Joey for crimes we will never know, Julie steps in front of the gun as he shoots and leaves Joey holding her bloody body as she reminds us yet again with her last dying gasps oh. that it's not joey's fault and that they were gonna get married just you wait and see oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you guys it was awful it disturbed me to my core and it was the way her voice was we're gonna get, get married, married. <laughs> they oh, play that t- on the fucking radio all the time and it was just all the and it goes back and forth between her voice and his voice daddy please don't it wasn't his fault he means so, so much, much to me, me. we played this for our adult kids like just this past summer what for the first time we were out sitting around the bonfire and you should have seen, like, the looks on their face, like, the, f- I'm, you have not e, right? But they were, like, so, like, are you, what was going on in your childhoods for this song to be popular? Like, that's that's okay. That is not okay.
1: I know. Uh, I think that is a wrap, right. guys. Julie and Joey are going to get the last word, closing out this episode with real melodramatic flair.
0: But before we leave you all we want to ask one favor please if you could leave us a review a rating and subscribe to our podcast we would be ever so grateful because you know when you're starting out you need a little love and support and we are so appreciative of yours so please subscribe
2: yeah. Thanks, you guys. And we hope you're following along on social media. We're having so much fun sharing memories with all of you, especially on our Instagram page. Just search Pop Culture Preservation Society and make sure to check out our website at poppreservationists.com to learn more about us and get access to all our previous
0: episodes. Speaking of episodes, our next one, is we will be saving the heartbreak and hilarity of our first celebrity crushes. So be sure and listen then.
1: In the meantime, let's raise a glass for a toast. Courtesy of Janet, Chrissy, and Jack Tripper. Two good times. Two happy days.
0: To Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. singing a song